0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello and welcome to the Road to Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. My name is Chris Crawford. I am joined by my buddy Drew Silva. Uh, today's show, we're going to be looking at hitter category. We're going to take a look at some Sneaky might not be the right words, but maybe some unheralded players that can help you in the major categories. But before we get into that, let's get into some headlines. And we got some good news about literally one of the greatest players to ever play the game. Uh, Mike Trout began hitting against a pitching machine on Friday. Uh, Trout's just only going to face machine-thrown breaking balls initially, but then he's going to advance the high-velocity stuff, work his way back. Um, Of course, he has missed a bunch of time with this Hammett bone fracture uh, out since early July. They're hoping that they can put a ETA on things based on how things are going, which I think is a positive sign. Uh, he was playing really well prior to this as well, so this would be a wonderful thing to see Um I just want to see Mike Trout playing baseball games.
2: Yeah, just those uh, machine thrown breaking balls for now. Mm -hmm. Uh, The robots are taking over, Chris. But, (laughs) yeah, I mean, there's no, they're, they're kind of like the Angels are kind of shying away from putting an exact timetable on this. But they've said once he is able to hit against contact, you know, once he's able to take contact swings and, you know, they turn the velocity up on the pitching machine and he can face fastballs and, His surgically repaired wrist responds well to all that. It's going to be go time. It'll be a quick process from there. Maybe a little minor league rehab stint, or the Angels could just bring him right back if the simulated at-bats go smoothly. Um, Either way, yeah, once he is discomfort-free with those contact swings, it's going to be a swift process. So maybe, I would say best-case scenario, he returns next weekend. Um, that seems like a reasonable best case scenario given what we know. And man, the Angels could sure use him. They're two and eight so far in August after buying rather than selling at the trade deadline. Six and a half games back of the third AL wild card spot, they're not going to get there. <laughs> and, no. And then and then Shohei Otani is going to leave as as a free agent this winter. It's a bit of a nightmare with what they gave up to get Lucas Giolito. Um, but Trout, you know, is certainly ha- capable of, of helping the cause if they are able to somehow stage a late push and climb past four different teams. <laughs> um, definitely an, an, an uphill battle though, especially with your Mariners refusing to lose a game. What is their win streak? Act? Is it, eight or nine uh,
1: they are at nine now and they've won i believe yeah. 10 of 11 and it comes after you absolutely destroyed their chances of making the postseason in the last podcast so we You're do welcome. appreciate that it's funny uh so for those of you who don't know i do a daily show for the mariners and that's one of the reasons why i'm wearing isn't this hat sick by the way this yeah, is yeah like it's great my favorite, my favorite hats that i picked up in a long time thank you simply seattle um Uh, I do this daily show and I'm like, you can't count on these long winning streaks. You can't count on them. Yeah, it's happening again. By the way, they play Kansas City after this. So they have a chance if they can win the next two to get that streak back up to 14 games. But yeah, Yeah. I just want to see Mike Trout playing baseball. I wanted to ask you this real quick about Mike Trout. I've tweeted this a whole bunch of times. I guess it's called posting now or whatever. If you could, if you were the Los Angeles Angels and you played in, like, the soccer system and you could loan Mike Trout out for these final months, wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be, like, really cool to see? Like, you still, if you're the Angels, you still have Mike Trout. You still have him for that. But you'd get a chance to see Mike Trout, if this thing does go bad and it's going very bad, you'd still get a chance to see Mike Trout get to play on the biggest stage it's not maybe the same thing, but, like, as as both of us as soccer fans, like, who understand that, like, it doesn't have to have this type of attachment where it's like one player for one team and stuff like that. I think it would be a hoot.
2: It's a fun, entertaining idea. Mm-hmm. Kind of like with relegation in soccer, though. Like, sure. unless it's an established part of the sport, it's, it would right. be really hard to get fans on board like I, if you're an angels fan would you be happy with them loaning otani and trout out to some contender for yeah. for the playoffs you, I, I don't know yeah it'd if, be if weird. you're not a, if you're not a fan of any one team i think yes. it would be easier to root for which is kind of what i am with with soccer which is why i don't really have an attachment to certain players and um it would be entertaining um yeah. it would it, it would make the there already is like a big haves and have nots problem sure um in baseball and it would maybe even increase that um but but that's the same with like the premier league and la liga and bundesliga i mean all, all those leagues are kind of the same which isn't a great thing if you're a fan of one of the have not teams
1: yeah that's fair that is fair um let's talk about chris sale who made his return on the mound first start since june 1st Went pretty well. Four and two-thirds innings allows just one hit. Does give up two runs because he gives up a homer. Zero walks, seven strikeouts, uh, four ground ball outs, four fly ball outs. I was pretty impressed with what I saw from Chris Sale. It's going to be interesting to see how much deeper he can work into games. He only threw 58 pitches in this one. Um, I imagine that that's going to keep building. But I think fantasy managers have to be really encouraged by what they saw from Sale in this outing.
2: Absolutely. And the Red Sox are another one of those teams that the Angels would have to surpass to get into right. the American American League Wildcard mix. And yeah, Boston got a huge boost Friday with Sale returning and looking sharp and what was a five-two win over the Tigers. Didn't allow mm-hmm. a hit um until Carrie Carpenter slugged a solo homer in the top of the fifth. Then he uh Sale hit Javier Baez, I believe it was, with a pitch, and he he got pulled and then got charged with that run after being pulled, but wasn't even supposed to throw more than four innings but he was so efficient um obviously not allowing a hit and no walks is very efficient uh 42 of his 58 pitches were strikes uh struck out seven or seven of the 16 batters he faced uh lines up to face the Nationals next time out which is you love seeing that on the, the upcoming schedule as a sale fantasy manager um, Garrett Whitlock is due back I believe on Sunday he's going to return in a multi-eating relief role. we talked about that last week Tanner Huck maybe late next week returning to the rotation so the Red Sox are getting healthy um, for a charge perhaps up the AL wildcard standings riding a three game winning streak into Saturday and you know it seems like we're always waiting for sale to like land back on the injured list. But if he can stay healthy over these final seven weeks, he gives the Red Sox a much better shot because what they've needed
1: is, is pitching all year long. Yeah, for sure. And it's, you know, it is worth pointing out that you're going to have to take some risks with sale. He has not been able to stay on the mound over the last few years, but when he's at his best, he's one of the best left-handed pitchers Mm -hmm. in baseball. I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, Joseph asked a quick question here about our Otani discussion or our trout discussion. Great show. Just pretending if you guys were the GM of the angels, who would you have gone after for Otani? What teams would you have traded with? I mean, I would have been really aggressive talking to Cincinnati. Like I think that would have made a lot of sense. I don't think Cincinnati had a whole heck of a lot of interest in that. Unfortunately, um really disappointed with their deadline cuz what a golden opportunity they had right now. Baltimore as well yeah. would have made i think a lot of sense over here. Um Minnesota I think would have made a little bit of sense could uh they, and they have a pipeline going that seems like Minnesota and Cincinnati make trades like every 3 months or something like that. But yeah, I would have been aggressive for those high prospect team. I don't have a problem with what the Angels did by the way. I think what they no. did was actually It's easier yeah. 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 yeah, And here's the thing, it, the hindsight thing, like you're saying, it's not like they gave up these elite prospects, Drew. They gave up back end starters and the second best catching prospect in their system. Logan Ohapi, I think, is that guy. I think Logan Ohapi is going to be the future at the position. Mm-hmm. It certainly hurt their depth, but this is not a team that had a whole heck of a lot of prospect depth anyway. And once you lose Shohei Otani, you're starting over anyway. You are starting from square one as soon as Shohei Ohtani leaves um and uh to answer your question who do i think Otani's signing with in the off season the mets was my thought for the beginning but now it does sounds like that's not actually going to happen seattle's going to be aggressive i don't think they're actually going to be able to get there i think giants. the yankees get him i th- the yankees or the giants are the two teams that i think and look the, we forget that the Giants were super close on of pulling off a couple of massive contracts in this offseason. One was done and then the medical stuff and then Aaron Judge, aka Arson Judge, looked like he was heading on his way to San Francisco as well. I like that call. I think the Giants are a great call.
2: Yeah, the Giants were, remember, they were among the finalists like I think they were in the top three for Otani back when he mm-hmm. first came over from Japan and um, Bobby Evans, who's now their former GM, but uh, who was it? I think it was Alex Pavlovich. He's uh, uh, NB. No, it was a uh, Andrew Baggerly of the athletic mm-hmm. Talked to Evans about it. And Evans was like, I, I think they're going to, if, if they want to do it, I mean, it's going to all come down to who gives them the biggest contract. I, yeah. I think that's pretty obvious. And the Yankees could um, kind of panic move it. And I mean, to say, to say signing Otani is a panic move, but just the way that their fan base is reacting. To oh yeah what has been like now a full calendar year of 500 baseball mediocrity.
1: Um, Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I could see them pushing into a, out of their comfort zone with that and and maybe signing up the giants just actually make, I think the most sense location um, budget wise, like they're, yeah, yeah, they're ready to spend. Um, And that, that would be about the best guy you can spend on. It's going to be an astronomical
1: figure over under 600 million. Yeah. I'm going to go over me too. I'm going to say, I'm going to say somewhere around the $75 million per year mark is what you're talking about with Shohei Otani. I could see 10, 750. I re- just, because there's never been anything like this and he's going to be yeah. selling uniforms. He sells your product overseas. He is like, he is the, the thing. Like if you're going to ever have a contract like that in baseball, I think it's going to be, uh, with a player like Shohei Otani. Let's go from that guy to I want to talk about three rookies who all had big days yesterday. Bobby Witt Jr., Julio Franco, Julio Franco, Julio Rodriguez and Wander Franco. That's a very funny split, but I, I think I think Julio Franco is still hitting baseball somewhere. I really Might like be. Him, so. Yeah. Um all three of these guys have been playing extremely well right now, Drew. So I'll just ask you this. One if you could have just one of them long-term and short-term, I guess, which one of the three and how, like, how good does that group of three have a chance to be? There's lots of really good rookies from the 2022 class. Like I think this has a chance to be one of the greatest rookie classes of all time. Would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, we've been saying that for a couple of years now. Um, I like seeing Julio back up in the leadoff spot too. Friday because the Mariners had to place J.P. Crawford on the concussion IL, and Crawford was getting on base at like a 380 clip, or he's is it really 390 well. something? Yeah, he's been really good, so that's kind of a big loss for them. But it puts Julio back up into that table setting role, which I really like. Um, Are you talking about fantasy or real life? Fantasy.
1: If I have to pick one of these. Fan- let's let's man. go with fantasy for now.
2: I'm, man, I, I I'm gonna say Julio, but so close it's really hard it's It's really really hard hard. i think yeah i think bobby witt might actually be better in in terms of like just raw counting stats uh but because i don't know the royals offense could be okay i don't know Mm -hmm. they're kind of in the in this perpetual rebuild i'm gonna go with julio i because i i don't trust that Wander franco is going to be a 60 base stealer every year sure Um, I, i think his his power will continue to get better um I tr- I trust Julio more as far as floor and even ceiling I think. I'm going to go to Julio.
1: Yeah, it's really close and I think as good as Bobby Wood is, he's pretty clearly third on that list for me, which is mm. dark the opposite of darning with faint praise. Like it is the ultimate compliment to be third on that list. Um by the way, Michael Harris has also been just stupid good with the bat as of late and made yeah. uh A lot of fantasy managers feel, I think, a little dumb because I think he was being faded by quite a few folks. And they looked right for a while, but he's just been absolutely outstanding. Looked much more comfortable since moving to the bottom of that lineup. I think I might go with Wander Franco, though, even though I love Julio Rodriguez. He's just, he's the best prospect I've ever scouted in my time of doing this. Like, just the pure ability to do everything on the field. And Julio can do that, too but Wander could do it from the shortstop position. And I do think that you have to add that in a little bit. Like the outfield is nice for Julio as well, but it's just crazy. I, I just, I was watching highlights of it and I was thinking how blessed we are to watch baseball right now. Like there is so much good young talent in this sport right now. And there are also guys like, oh, by the way, the greatest player I've ever seen in Shohei Otani. And there are guys like Aaron Judge and there are guys like Bryce Harper and there are just it's unbelievable how much talent there is in baseball. And I sometimes think we maybe don't appreciate it enough. Would you agree with that? Sure.
2: Yeah, I agree okay. with that. Okay. I, I, I mean, I, just as a Cardinals fan, I'm thinking like they're not very fun oh, to watch right well, now. Well, speaking of the Cardinals, <laughs> Jordan like, Jordan Walker and yeah, yeah. yeah Mason wins coming. Yes, yeah, and and I saw you put Adam Wainwright on the on the rundown for yes. today's show, and I'm I, did something. Did he retire mid start last night? Well,
1: he didn't <laughs> is that, retire. Is that why very, you have him on here? He didn't retire. Very many hitters, unfortunately. Adam Wainwright went one inning and allowed eight runs, uh, gave up two homers. Drew his ERA is to eight point seven eight. And I just wonder, like, obviously, we're not talking about using Adam Wainwright for fantasy ever again. Should the Cardinals start Adam Wainwright anymore? Has he earned the right that he gets to be in this rotation right now for this terrible baseball team? And I'm sorry that I have to say that. But, like, should Adam Wainwright continue pitching?
2: I mean, earned is... uh... Is a a strong word. He's making 17 and a half million for some reason. So, I guess in that regard, he's earned the rotation spot. No, he's not a major league starter right now. um But they're not, the Cardinals aren't playing for anything. He needs two more wins to get to 200 for his career. That's the goal. He's going to stay in the rotation and they're going to hope that he can somehow like make it five innings in a start. But when, I mean, when the Royals batter you like that, and I mean, he's been battered by every team he's, he's faced pretty much this year. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, he's, he's not a major league starter is they're like just sitting on his breaking stuff and feasting yeah. on it. And he doesn't have nearly enough velocity to like sneak fastballs by any hitters. It's, if I was watching the Cardinals at all in recent weeks, it would be tough to watch. But I've been uh, I've been working on some other hobbies.
1: There you go. That's that's I totally. Understand, I've been watching you. other
2: teams. I've been I've been watching the Orioles mainly.
1: There you go. That's so though. Just be careful if you say anything negative about the Orioles because you might get suspended for. Uh, goodness gracious! What a silly situation. I Feel like there's
2: more to that story. I don't. I don't. Okay. I, don't,
1: I I I know the, I know. Just I the know Angelos are that insecure and they're that petty petty, my friend. They are that petty petty and I think that there's a reason why they made Kevin Brown come out and say some comments about that situation that uh yeah. Yep, that was a definitely interesting little story. By the way, uh tonight Felix Hernandez is getting inducted into the Mariner Hall of Fame against the Baltimore Orioles and uh that makes me feel old as heck, Drew. It, that really does because it doesn't seem like that long ago that Felix Hernandez was one of the best pitchers in baseball. But it has been a little while. Um, crazy though that Felix Hernandez, the the fantasy ace of fantasy aces, going in the Hall of Fame tonight.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's younger than me. Yeah. Uh, what is is he like 35, five, thirty six? I'm. Uh, he's
1: born in eighty seven, so I think he just turned. I was 35. born in eighty seven.
2: Yeah. Oh man.
1: Eighty three. So- to the Hall of Fame yeah well <laughs> got to pay your dues in order to do that truly um yeah that's we're, true. Gonna get, we're gonna get into the idiot category overview but first let's take a quick commercial break
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data
1: We know the weather can impact how far a ball can fly, but we never know what all that heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the ball. The Home Run Forecast Index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the air is for ball flight. The index is calculated by measuring stadium-specific weather conditions and is displayed on a scale from 1 to 10, 1 being the most unfavorable for good ball flight and 10 indicating the most favorable air. There is a strong correlation between the index and the number of runs scored per game and the number of home runs hit. Games that have that highest index of 10 for the whole game average over 10 runs and 2.8 homers over the course of the year. An index is created for each game, so you can see what it will be in any stadium and how the weather's influence might change over the course of the game, as well as the wind direction. Right now, you can get access to the HRF Premium site for only $5 a month and see what the index will look like for every hour of every game. Go to homerunforecast.com now to sign up all right let's get into that hitter category uh overview drew and why don't you start us off with a cat player that might be a little sneaky ad to help in the average category but uh you probably need to be unmuted in order to talk about uh the uh i'm back hey buddy how's it going I'll, I'll, let's uh
2: let's run through the the top 10 first at, at each of these categories so for what are we doing first batting average yeah. um yes. luis Arias, yeah is at 366 freddie freeman 344 ronald acuna 338 Bo Bichette, yanni diaz josh naylor up there hurt right now uh Shoe otani bryson stott masataka yoshida having a great rookie year and then whit Merrifield kind of pulling off that toronto renaissance that some people projected him for um my sneaky option who can help in batting average down the stretch is is wilmer flores Mm. who is right now hitting third for a giants team that might be fading a bit but is very much in the national league wild card hunt it's going to be a wild finish as to who claims those wild card spots on the NL side—I mean, like, like locking the Phillies—but then it's like a glob of Giants, <laughs> Brewers, Cubs, Marlins, Reds, Padres, Diamondbacks. I mean, the Diamondbacks' losing streak has now grown to nine, which is oh, brutal. But yeah, you know, props to the Giants and and props to Wilmer Flores. He's always been a little bit underrated. Doesn't have the kind of raw power that you'd want from a, a corner infield DH type of player, but. He's batting 302 with an 898 OPS through 297 plate appearances this season. Over his last 108 plate appearances, going back to before the All-Star break, he has a 384 batting average and an 1113 OPS, seven homers, nine doubles, and that's 27-game span. You know, there's a bit of luck in his batted ball data, but not as much as some other players who are showing a high batting average over the last month because he's not a speed demon. Like he doesn't get the, the babbit help in that regard. I'm right. um, just gen- generally making good contact and feasting on chances in a, in a really good lineup spot with a team that is still competing. You know, maybe you can't count on like the recent home run pace being sustained, but I, I think Wilmore Flores will continue to rattle off hits and RBIs uh, and run scored to stay relevant and useful. in, in most fantasy leagues, he's pretty much available everywhere. If you need to make up some ground and average and, and get a little help in some other categories too, I, I think he's a fine pickup.
1: Yeah, I like that call a lot. And he certainly qualifies, I think, as underrated. He's not one of those players that you're really thinking about uh, in terms of you know fantasy superstardom. Uh, I'm going to go with Alec Bohm, who has been really good, especially as of late, over the last 13 games. Um, and the stats just went away, but I know he's hitting 352 over his last 13 games, um, which is good. And we have seen flashes of this from Bone before, and we have often seen them quickly dissipate, like just go away real quick. He has not shown much consistency outside of that uh, run that he had uh, in his rookie season in the truncated year. Uh, Hard hit percentage in the 63rd percentile, but the expected batting average is in the 89th. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that he just doesn't really strike out. You look at him and he's a six foot five listed at 218. I'm guessing it's more than 218, Drew. I would guess 220, 230. He's kind of belt That's like that boy. power hitting, uh, power hitting guy. But you take a look and it's more about that contact. And yeah, he hits the ball on the ground a lot, but if you make contact, you have a chance to hit for average. He's now hitting 290 on the season. The 437 slugging percentage is definitely disappointing it's not the profile that i saw when he was at wichita state and he was very deserving of being the third overall pick but if you're looking for a guy to help you at that average category who should be available in a lot of leagues alec bone makes a lot of sense in that corner infield spot he continues to struggle to hit for
2: power against righties which is like a problem because most pitchers are right-handed but yes um like the batting average in OBP this year versus righties has shown a lot of improvement from where mm-hmm. it was like, you know, I don't know if you see in a in a guy's profile that he struggles against righties, that's a problem, but that he's made some strides in that department, at least yes. like making better contact, not, not hitting many balls over the fence, but just making better contact in general. And he absolutely feasts against lefties. Yes. Um. So certainly, certainly anytime he's bomb and the Phillies are facing a lefty, you want him in a fantasy lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you play in those kind of daily lineup leagues, he is a great guy to have. Um, let's move over to runs scored, which is obviously kind of a weird category, somewhat teammate dependent, but you look at the leaderboard right now, Ronald Acuna already has 103 runs uh, as the as the at leadoff man in Atlanta. Freddie Freeman, yeah. 101. Mookie Betts, 94. Marcus Simeon, 93. Otani is... Just crazy as he's on every one of these leaderboards and on the yeah. pitching ones, too. Matt Olson, Adulus Garcia, Austin Riley, Christian Yelich, which is kind of nice to see. Um, and then Corbin Carroll to round things out. Lane Thomas sitting there at 11th, too. Yeah, wow. former, car- former Cardinal. Um, I'm, my <laughs> my kind of under the radar play is going to be Sal Frelick, who is Ooh. only rostered at 35% in Yahoo leagues right now, despite a, a terrific start to his major league career in Milwaukee. Uh, through his first 19 big league games, a 934 OPS, three homers, two steals, 15 RBIs, and 15 runs scored. He had a single, drew two walks, stole a base, and scored a run. in The Brewers win over the White Sox on Friday, hitting cleanup. Um, I we talked about Frelick when the Brewers first called him up. I didn't have super high expectations. Um, and his numbers in the minors weren't great this year. He needed surgery in April to yeah. repair a torn ulnar collateral ligament in his left thumb and just never kind of really got it going with A Nashville. But the minor league numbers before this year were excellent. He sure looks like he belongs already yeah. in the bigs, consistently climbing up the Brewers batting order. If he stays at cleanup, like the RBI upside is obvious, too. I wouldn't mind him hitting leadoff or second. He's a really sure. polished hitter. Um, I love when you see a young player with more walks than strikeouts, and that's what he's kind of posted throughout his professional career. Getting on base um, and delivering help in the runs scored category, pretty much every category for a Brewers team that currently has a a two-and-a-half game lead on first place in the National League Central standings. Frelick is like breaking some of Paul Molitor's franchise record for most RBIs and runs scored to begin a career. It seems like every night he surpasses a new – Paul Molitor franchise record, just really promising stuff um, for him to get his feet wet here in 2023, and with Jackson Churio uh, knocking on the door leading into 2024.
1: Paul Molitor was so good. Like I just, yeah, I, I, I sometimes stare at his uh batting uh stats. Him and Robin out, man, the Brewers were. That would have been a fun video game team to play back in the day to have Yount, Molitor, and a few of those other guys, BJ Surhoff and whatnot. But yeah, look, I yeah. mean we kind of argued about it Not we don't really argue about very much, but like we talked about, it. I I was, I was all in on Fre- not all in on Frelick, but I was saying that the, were. Uh, there's a lot to like about this guy. And it's so weird seeing him hit in the cleanup spot. And cause that's just not the profile you think of, but it's also, you know, Craig council is a very, um, forward thinking guy for most of this stuff and is willing to move stuff around. And he makes sense there and it's working out, uh, just fine. I'm going to go with another, uh, NL Central guy, I was not all in on this guy. Mike Talkman, he's been fantastic, and he's hitting at the top yeah. of the lineup right now for a resurgent is an understatement Chicago Cubs team. Uh, over the last 25 games, Talkman is hitting 358, 436, 605. And in those 25 games, he has scored 19 runs. And the big thing here is he's hitting in that leadoff spot quite a bit, and he's getting a chance to be driven in by I don't think we've talked enough about how good Cody Bellinger has been in 2023. I know we haven't done it anyway. I don't know if we've even mentioned Cody Bellinger on these shows that we've done together, Drew. But he's been absolutely fantastic. And Ian Happ as well. There's a lot to like about that. And he's going to stick, I think, at the top of that lineup for the majority of these games. And he's going to be in the lineup because he is an outstanding defensive player as well. It's very nice to have that combination. He gets on base. He scores runs it wouldn't shock me a ton if there's a major amount of regression coming because I think he's played for 32 of 30 MLB teams at this point. There's a reason why he's been a journeyman and then some. But right now, if you're looking at the hot hand and you play in like a four outfielder, five outfielder type of thing, I think Mike Dockman makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, I mean, they've sat him sometimes against lefties, but um, for the most part, he's been an everyday yep. player for the Cubs. Strong Ohio side of the platoon couple of years, yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: And and they kept the band together at the trade deadline, and they've got a real chance to, to win the National League Central or yep. you know, possibly even get a wild card spot. Um and takman has been a big part of that. Like, you know, wherever they want to play him, he can even rotate in at DH. They're kind of using Christopher morell in that in that spot sure. right now, but uh, that can put Cody Bellinger at first base. There are ways for Tachman to continue getting something close to every day playing time and to be productive with that yep. playing time. Um, let's move over to home runs. The leaderboard right now there. Shoei Otani and Matt Olson are tied with 40 apiece. Pete Alonzo, hmm. 35. Mookie Betts has 31. Luis Robert has 31. Kyle Schwarber has 30. Adoles Garcia, Max Muncie. Jorge Soler for the Marlins, Austin Riley, and Acuna makes an, another top ten leaderboard. Um, my under the radar option here to help in home runs down the stretch is going to be Chas McCormick. I
1: like
2: that, he's been held out of the Astros starting lineup the last two games because of a bruised knee, but he did come off the bench and hit a single in Houston's win over the Angels on Friday. So that that, that injury doesn't seem like a concern at all. McCormick had to really fight for playing time in the first half of the season. He was out of the lineup too often to be a a valuable fantasy outfielder but since the end of June um, the playing time has come more steadily and he's batting 321 with a 1048 OPS eight homers 26 RBIs 22 runs scored in 31 games he has seven homers in his last 22 games he has two different multi homer games in that span in that three week span there's some more obvious names that are hitting homers right now but mccormick is still available in about 40 percent of yahoo leagues Offers some steals too Corey jolks is is out of the picture option back to triple a sugarland after like a, a hit list streak that went on for i think over 50 plate appearances he didn't have a hit jokes um mccormick should should play pretty much every day down the stretch and offer category spanning production like you look at his rolling xwoba chart at baseball savant it's a really promising upward pointing trend um it seems to take years and years for dusty baker to move <laughs> certain hitters up his lineup looking at you kyle tucker but mccormick has is at fifth a couple times recently so that's really encouraging it seems like dusty baker trusts him um I, I, I like the whole package of, of what he can be. And he's again, available in, in a lot of leagues right now. I, I think he's going to continue to be productive down the stretch. The Astros are kind of things are coming together for them at the right time. That's going to be a, a, a race in the AL West down the stretch between them and the Rangers.
1: I like that you mentioned the multi-category thing because, Drew, when we were putting this list together, he was going to be the guy I put at the run category sleeper, and then I saw yeah. you stole him from me, and then I cursed your family, and, you know, that's just the way things work around here. But, no, that's that's a great call, and it's worth pointing out McCormick did dealt with some injury stuff early on too, which is part of the reason why he was yeah. struggling to get in the lineup. I believe it was a neck thing with him Um that uh, – the, the Astros are kind of weird with injuries. They, you either really know what's going on or you have no idea what's going on. Dusty can play. I, things, uh, I have. Yeah.
2: I have a question about that. Like, yeah, because yeah, I mean, you and I, what we do, we're, we're mm-hmm. on Twitter all the time.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, the
2: Astros are the only team that seems to be like allowed to operate where they're really cagey with injury information.
1: It's like, very like, odd, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it. I don't really get it. And, um, of all teams to play fast and loose with rules the Houston Astros is the team right. that's doing that it's a very odd situation this is not us being anti Astros by the way this is we have yeah, no I'm just confused by it game. why it's, do, just, it's very odd how do they, they do get away to, with it they do seem to get away with it a lot more maybe they are Maybe they're doing it better than everybody else. Maybe they've like taken the thing out of college football's book because go ask a college football coach about injuries and see what yeah. happens. Dusty Baker so,
2: reminds me of an SEC coach sometimes. He definitely,
1: like, oh, does. He definitely like, does. They'll
2: just, ask him, like, how's, how's Jordan Alvarez's wrist? He's like, oh, well, he has one. And that's it.
1: Like, all right. it, it, it is frustrating for our job, though, just because it's like, what are we supposed to do here? Like, it's very – all we can write is, you know – Still no update, still no real update. Wait and see day to day. We're all day to day, Drew, every single one of us. Um, So those of you who know me well know that I talked up Big Dumper an awful lot. And those of you who are unfamiliar with Big Dumper, we're talking about Cal Rally. He got off to a pretty slow start. It's not slow anymore. Over the last 30 games, he has hit nine homers. He is slugging 628. And he's also hitting in the cleanup spot, which is a reason why I considered mentioning him as an RBI guy. There's a good chance Cal Raleigh is rostered in your league, but if you're one of those people who is playing and Cal Raleigh isn't one of the 12 catchers rostered and you have a good catcher, I'd be willing to put Cal Raleigh in my utility spot right now because he is having the same second half that he had last year. And folks, for if you didn't remember, Cal Raleigh was as good, if not better, than pretty much any catcher in baseball over that second half. He's going to hurt you a little bit in average because he's so willing to hit in two strike counts. But that power is legit. He absolutely scorched a home run off a completely ineffective Kyle Gibson last night. Uh, by the way, another huge game for Julio, which was nice to see as well. Um, he's good. It's been very fun as a Seattle Mariner fan to watch this. But Big Dumper is dumping him over the fence right now. And if he's still available in your league, he has that chance to cha- make you from that 10 spot to that 6 spot. Just because he has that good of run going. And we have seen him now do this two straight years where when he's locked in, in that power category, he's awfully tough to get out.
2: It's nice that he cycles in at DH too. You, you kind of like need that from a fantasy catcher. Yes. Like I I've in this one team that I'm, I'm or this one league that I'm leading right now. I have Francisco Alvarez as my catcher. I don't carry a second catcher. It's, it's not like deep rosters mm-hmm. and he just sits too often. I wish they would, the Mets would cycle him at, at DH sometimes it, it's, it's like very valuable to have that with, with your fantasy catcher. He should definitely be Cal Raleigh should definitely be rostered everywhere because of that. And I mean, the production,
1: obviously also, big. Dumper. Um, please, please, yeah. please mention that big dumper, at least once when you're talking about him. big dumper. Thank you,
2: sir. <laughs> wow. Um, RBI, Let's move over to RBIs.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, let me pull up this leaderboard, big dumper. Thank you, uh, Matt Olson. Not big dumper is number one at 101 <laughs> RBIs already mm-hmm. through 115 games. Adolis Garcia, uh, Pete Alonzo, Ozzy Albie's nice to see him up on that that high on that list. Kyle Tucker, Freddie Freeman, Shoei Otani, of course, Nolan Arenado, Rafael Devers, Josh Naylor, Mookie Betts, J.D. Martinez, uh, Max Muncy, Juan Soto, Alec Baum right there. He's he's he somehow always like happens into RBIs too for <laughs> for not being like a great power hitter, you know? Right. Um. I'm going with Kerry Carpenter here, digging a little deep for this one. He's available in, in 87% of Yahoo leagues, and it's understandable that people aren't paying much attention to the Tigers' offense right now, but he has been on fire. Um, since returning from a shoulder strain back in early June, Carpenter has batted 301 with an 855 OPS, over 194 plate appearances, nine homers, 31 RBIs, and 53 games. The line looks even better the more you shrink it to to what's just occurred since the All-Star break, 18 RBIs in his last 26 games. He homered Friday in Boston, as we mentioned earlier, hit that homer off Chris Sale to break up the no-hitter bid, Um, and is currently working on an eight-game hitting streak. It's kind of just all coming together for him. at, At age 25, he was a 19th round pick in 2019 out of Virginia Tech. Not a ton of prospect fanfare initially, but he broke out last summer between double A Erie and Triple A Toledo with a 313 average, 1025 OPS, 30 home runs, and 75 RBIs in 98 games, which led him to making his major league debut with the Tigers last August. And you know that the Tigers need one of these types to flourish. Mm-hmm. The non-prospects that they develop into productive major league hitters. You hope that Riley Green and, and Spencer Torkelson wind up having great careers, but it's often like the collective of diamonds in the rough that right. that gets you out of rebuilding mode. It's, you know, look at the Orioles. I mean, there's plenty of uh, examples of it. Look at the reds. Like s- sometimes it takes a, a little while um, and you happen into some luck with a guy like Kerry Carpenter. And the numbers to me say that he's, I don't know if he's like a superstar, but where he's hitting right now in their lineup and what he's done over, you know, a sample size that spans multiple months I think he's going to continue to be a, a nice source of RBIs down the stretch for a guy who's available pretty much everywhere.
1: Yeah, that's a great call. I think he's been really underrated what he's done so far this year. Uh did notice him hitting a couple home runs not that long ago against my Seattle Mariners, I think three and two games. They, he definitely has pop. It's funny you bring up Riley Green, by the way, another guy that I don't think we've talked enough about. I know he's dealt with some injury stuff, but like you take a look at that yeah. baseball savant page. There's so much in the 90th percentile. I think he has a chance to be a star, but I think you bring up a good point. Yeah, it's great to have those guys, but you need those guys that come out of nowhere, similar to what we were talking about with Cal Raleigh. like not a guy that was super hyped, but has become yeah. a pretty integral part of what Seattle is building. I think Kerry Carpenter, if this goes right for the Tigers, has a chance to be that guy. And if not in fantasy circles, at least he does have a chance to drive in some runs because of where he's hitting. Um, I think we've gone like same division for the majority of these. I'm going to stick in the AL central and I want to talk about Ryan Jeffers, who was a player. who yeah. completed... I wanted to put him
2: somewhere too. Yeah. Yeah. He,
1: Sorry he to cut complete... you off. No, that's okay. That's I want, I was going to either put rally in the RBI category and Jeffers in the homers or vice versa, but they're both guys that I don't think have to just be catchers right now. Um, over the last few, 17 games, Jeffers has driven in 14 runs, including a four RBI game and a three RBI game. This was a guy who kind of looked like a thing not that long ago and fell way down and was completely kind of, everybody thought Christian Vasquez was going to be the answer, a catcher for these guys, you know, and get most of the uh, the reps, not that Christian Vasquez has ever been a great fantasy option, but it was certainly going to make Jeffers pretty much just a backup. But he's not only not a backup right now, he's hitting in the middle of the order. And that's what excites me about him. He's hitting 284, 379, 495. Those are outstanding numbers for any position, much less the catcher position. I don't think he's gotten nearly enough hype still available in a lot of leagues, and I don't think he's someone you just have to have as your catcher. I use somebody who I think can drive in enough runs and provide enough power for a pretty darn good Minnesota lineup that scores a lot of runs and hits the ball over the fence a lot. Jeffers has a chance to hit the ball over the fence and drive in some guys, and yeah, I think Ryan Jeffers is absolutely underrated right now as a fantasy option.
2: He's been cycling in at DH too, and uh, we love to see that hit. hit hit cleanup on friday love Mm -hmm. to see that for for any catcher i think definitely if if you need a little upgrade at the catcher position jeffers should play a lot down the stretch and and be really productive Mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta kind of stream catchers at this point in the season if, (laughs) if the guy you have is not getting it done great point um let's move over to to stolen bases this is our final category what does that leaderboard look like right now uh ronald acuna of course leading the way with 54. Esteri <laughs> ruiz with 46. i'm gonna have a ton of riley green shares in 2024 by the way i, I yes. think because of the injuries it, it's gonna go like unnoticed what what he's been doing from a, mm-hmm. like a batted ball data standpoint anyway uh so acuna ruiz corbin carroll has 36 bobby witt has 34 to go along with his 21 homers Wander franco is at, at 30 steals willie castro Uh, Another Twins standout has 29. Nico Horner, CJ Abrams, Hassan Kim, who has been playing amazing ball lately, has 27. Julio Rodriguez also with 27. Then you get down to like Jake McCarthy, Jorge Mateo, Starling Marte, Kyle Tucker, Christian Yelich, Jaron Duran. Um, My sneaker here is going to be Zach Geloff. And Geloff could apply to any one of these categories. He's been absolutely... Awesome. Since the A's called him up right after the all-star break, six homers, six steals through his first 23 major league games. He has an extra base hit in 14 of his first 23 major league games. It's been like, you can play with the stats a bit and he's, he's been setting records like more homers to begin his major league career than former A's greats, Jose Canseco, UNA Cespedes, Matt Chapman, Sean Murphy, who all had only five homers through their first 23 games. Um prior to his call-up, Gelliff was batting 304 with a 929 OPS, 12 homers and 20 Steals in 69 games this summer for Triple A, Las Vegas, a second round pick in 2021 out of the University of Virginia, a, a Delaware native. Chris, can you name the best Delaware native in baseball history? It's a little um, unfair because this <clears throat> this player moved to Houston. The Houston area as a kid and is more associated with that. But he's active right now, plays for the team I tend to root for America's first baseman.
1: Oh, yeah, it's Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I and I knew, I knew that because there was a conversation on Twitter talking about uh people from Delaware, and it was like Joe Biden, Audrey Plaza, and Paul Goldschmidt were the three. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I I don't know why I
2: got on this little tangent, no. but it, just as I was digging into like Zach Geloff, I was watching some interviews with him. Yeah. Um. He's. Yeah. I mean, there just aren't many Delawareans, Delaware, De- <laughs> Del- Delawareites. That's in, what we're calling in them. Free free now. NBA history, like Joey Wendell, is from Delaware. Delino DeShields Sr., uh, mm-hmm. Chad Cool, and then like a whole lot of old timers. Geloff yeah. by wins above replacement is already top twenty all time for major league players born in Delaware. I don't know what I'm what Nothing. I'm on this about, but I, I just found this, it interesting as I was digging into his.
1: It's much his more interesting, but, you know, th- than anything yeah, else we've talked about that-
2: today. <laughs> Delaware,
1: yeah.
2: uh, that power speed combo though—that like every fantasy manager is chasing. Geloff plays really good defense at second base too, and again, he has like a really good personality. If you've seen him in interviews, tenacious young dude, everything that the A's could want that they're fans deserve um could be like a real face of the franchise type of player as they move to Las Vegas I don't know he'll come back down to earth a little bit probably down the stretch this season cuz he's on a 40 40 pace yes um with what he's done in his first 23 games but I'll be interested to see what the projections are for Gilof going into 2024 where he goes in drafts like he's very under rostered right now mm-hmm. but I don't think he'll be a sleeper at all if he finishes even semi-strong in, in 2023. You know, we could use some new blood at, at second base at, yes. as fantasy managers and fantasy analysts, and and maybe go off as like a 20-homer, 30-steal kind of guy in that range over a full season, which we'll take. I, I really like what we've seen so far. I, I, think he's, I think he's legit.
1: Yeah, Oakland fans deserve to see some glimmer of hope and, you know, Unfortunately, that glimmer of hope is going to be moving about 700 miles east, unfortunately, not too long from now. But uh, Galoff has been good, and it's been uh, encouraging because he was somebody I really liked out of the University of Virginia uh, and has definitely uh, held his own. I was tempted to just say everybody for stolen bases. Like, this is just so fun. I'm going to go with Daron Blanco, who I don't think a lot of people even maybe have heard of at this point. But he is running. Over the last 30 games, he has stolen nine bases in 11 attempts. He has 14 steals in 38 games. Look, this is a one-category player. He's not going to help you in average. He has never hit a home run. I don't think he ever will. Uh, he's 30 years old in his uh, first full season, and it's not that full because he's played 38 games. But he's running. And I, I'll say this, Target. if you're looking for steals, target Kansas City. Because they are going to run. They are a team that yeah. is, once they are on base, they are going to go. But Blanco is getting a lot of those opportunities. He's playing pretty much every day. He stole two bases against the Cardinals on Friday. I imagine he'll get a chance to steal some bases as well, um, playing on Saturday and Sunday. If you're talking real deep league and he can take the hit and the power because like there's just none whatsoever, target there Blanco to give you some steals to help you out. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a Daron Blanco. And always knew we would be talking about Daron Blanco on, uh, August 12th. Drew. Congratulations, buddy. The streak is over. You have finally won a Sunday streamer. Um, Adonis or excuse me Adonis Medina he pitched like Adonis Medina unfortunately in the last time I called him Luis Medina was not very good I don't even remember who you had but he was definitely it was Xavier Curry, that's right and Curry did uh yeah it wasn't superb but he was certainly better I think there's actually some really interesting ones but since you finally won uh why don't you talk about a pitcher with a, a really good last name
2: Hunter Crawford uh yes. 32% rostered on Yahoo this is a fair one right this is a streamer mm-hmm. yeah Okay, yeah. I think I think it's an easy choice. I mean, J- Jamison Tyon has been incredible lately too. He's going mm-hmm. up against the Blue Jays, but he's his roster percentage has shot way up, which it should because he's really turned it around. So Crawford gets uh, the Tigers at home in Fenway Park on Sunday. Um, I don't know uh, what did I say here? If you yeah, if you throw out his rough season debut from back in early April, he has a three point two one ERA. 81 strikeouts, only 19 walks in 81 and a third innings. That's just if you remove one start from back on April 3rd. Detroit ranks 29th in combined team OPS. Almost got no hit on Friday until Kerry Carpenter came through. Um, Yeah, the Tigers are are only leading the A's in terms of combined team OPS, and that's the kind of offense you want to face. And Crawford's been really good
1: and has a great last name. Yes, he is very good. That's my pitch. That's a good pitch. Um, I'm going to make a recommendation that a lot of you are going to laugh at, and it might end up being something to laugh at. I'd take the chance on Brandon Fott, and it's partially because, look, San Diego, you've got some star power in there. That lineup's not good. They are not a good offensive baseball team. Outside of those big three and Luis Camposano, who has been playing a lot better as of late, It's not a great offensive team, I think. And if you take a look at just Fats' numbers, they're pretty bad. But this is a former top prospect, like better than former top prospect, legitimately one of the best pitching prospects in baseball, who just hasn't quite gotten it done. But there have been some real signs. He had six innings of shutout baseball against the Reds until he gave up back-to-back-to-back homers in that joke of a park. Didn't pitch well in the last one, but pitched well in the one before that. Arizona's just also – they're not – they're clearly not a postseason team, I think, now we can agree in 2023, but they're better than this. Yeah. They, are, they are due to start getting some win chances. If you're desperate, and I, I do think you probably have to be in that desperate type of situation, I'm willing to give Brandon Fodd a shot, but I'll be honest, if I was going to go between the two, I think Cutter Crawford's a really good call.
2: Yeah, Fodd had a, that really good start um, at the Giants yes. last week. Mm-hmm. I, and then kind of gave it back up against the Dodgers, but the Dodgers make any the Dodgers are look bad. <laughs> um, yeah. I, we've, we've talked about Fop before. I'm not really super impressed. Fair. I mean, like his minor league numbers jump out at you, but sure. he's not really passing the eye test as like a, uh,
1: maybe like a mid rotation starter, but I, I'm yes. not
2: really seeing like ace ace type stuff there. Honestly. Yeah. I,
1: and I would totally agree with that. I think that the minor league numbers got extremely overrated. I think Drew and I, Drew, I've talked to you ad nauseum about the fact that guys who miss bats with deception in the minors, it doesn't always carry over into the yep. major leagues. And we're talking about, Fat has four above average pitches, like there, it's not like he's just like guessing and hoping that pinpoint command is going to get the job That's done true, yeah. but he doesn't have that true out pitch which is the reason why I'm scared about not scared might be the wrong word but I'm not projecting him to be a, a future ace unless one of those pitches becomes um plus plus on the 2080 scouting scale or 70 um a big increase in velocity something like that which is not unheard of we certainly see that happen in baseball quite a bit but it's hard to project but yeah I do think fought is more of a mid-rotation guy but I I wouldn't just completely give up on him based on what we've seen. Um, we have certainly seen pitchers struggle early on in their per- major league career and end up doing pretty darn well. Arizona's done okay with player development. I think they make Zach Allen better, they made Merrill Kelly better. The- I think Brandon Fat mm-hmm. is on not the Galley trajectory, but maybe on that Merrill Kelly trajectory. There is certainly use in that. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks so much for listening to the Road to Wire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Follow us on whatever the heck they call it now. I'm at Crawford underscore MILB. Drew is at Drew Silve. Rate and review the show if you like what you're hearing and hit that subscribe button as well. We really appreciate it. And don't forget... New episodes every single day of the week. Uh, I'm going to be on on Thursday, by the way. Uh, I'll be back on Sunday, of course, with my buddy Ryan Boyer. But I'm going to have the great Alex Coffee on to talk about the Philadelphia Phillies. That'll That's be a sweet. lot of fun. She's uh, she's the best. And the Phillies have just a ton of fun stories. I told her she's got to write a book. Like, the, the to get that beat the year before everything has happened with Philadelphia, she can write a book and she can make an awful lot of money. Uh, thanks again, folks. And we'll see you next time.